0: And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Today I want to talk to you about
1: your identity in Christ, your identity in Christ. And let me let me just say this. Kathy and I count it a distinct honor and privilege to be your pastors. It's it's a privilege to be in the ministry. And last week you blessed us. I mean, you really honored us for pastor appreciation uh, week or month or day or whatever it is. Anyway, thank you so much. You you really blessed us. You're the greatest congregation in the world. We love you. We do. Kathy and I are aware that that one day we're going to stand before God and we're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And, and you know, there, there are two judgments. There's the gray-white throne judgment that determines whether or not you even get into heaven. But Christian believers will stand at the judgment seat of Christ, which is a judgment of rewards. But I realize that I'm going to have to give an answer to God for every decision and for everything that I have done as as a leader and as a pastor. And you know, my prayer for you, one of my constant prayers is that I want every person who ever sets foot on this campus, every person who watches our television program, every person who listens to a podcast or attends one of our small groups or who is even remotely touched by the ministry of this church, my prayer is that everybody, when this life is over, that we will all make heaven our home. But you know, nobody gets to heaven by accident. If you go to heaven when this life is over, it's because you did it intentionally. It's because you made Jesus Christ the King and the Lord and the master of your life. And you trusted his shed blood as the full payment for your sins. So number one, my, my prayer for everybody is I want everyone to make heaven their home. But number two, I pray this for Christian believers. I pray that as long as you're on this earth, that you're going to have a faith in God that is strong, a faith that will stand when, 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 when the world and the flesh and the devil throw their best shot at you, a, fle- a faith in God that will overcome. Romans 5.17 says that believers in Christ reign in this life. Through an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, Romans eight thirty one says, "What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us?" First John four four says, "Greater is He that's in you than He." That is in the world. And if you're going to have a strong faith in God, you've got to be convinced of three things. And these three things have to do with your identity, with how you see yourself. Number one, you've got to be convinced of who you are in Christ. Number two, you've got to be convinced of what you have in Christ Jesus. In other words, what God in Christ accomplished for you through. The covenant shed with His blood through the atonement. And number three, you've got to know that you're saved to be a difference maker. Everybody say a difference maker. You know, when I was 17, I came to Christ and, and I, I shared with you how, how I had to train myself literally For about the first four years that I knew that I'd come to Christ, for the first four years I was age 17, for four years up through about age 21, 22, I trained myself every morning to get up and say, Jesus Christ, and I said this aloud, Jesus Christ is my Lord. I can see myself saying it in in, in the bedroom I had at my parents' house, and then I went to college, and I was in a college dorm, and I had any number of roommates Therefore, a while until I found somebody that I really enjoyed being with and rooming with. But I would still get up and I would say out loud, Jesus Christ is my Lord. And the reason I needed to do that is because I know my penchant to be selfish. I know that I can be self-centered. And I know that I can easily get back on the throne if I'm not careful. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you shall be saved for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation hallelujah now 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 now, folks stay here with me for a minute Jesus said in Mark chapter four that there are three things that can rob and choke the word of God out of my heart and out of your heart. Let's take a look at that. That's found in Mark chapter four verse nineteen. Jesus said, "And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things can, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful." See, see, Jesus says, number one, the cares of this world. Dear ones, we live in a world that has fallen. We live in a world, sometimes life gets hard and difficult. And Jesus says, if we're not careful, that the cares of this life, the worries of this life, the distractions of this life will choke. The word of God out of our life. And here's the reason. It's because a demon spirit called anxiety wants to sit on your heart as king and Lord, where only Jesus should sit. Isaiah 14. Before Lucifer was cast out of heaven, Lucifer, who is the anointed cherub that covered Lucifer, who led heaven in worship, he got attracted to himself and he says, I will sit on the far sides of the the mount of God. I will sit on the north. Well, if you'll study Scripture, you'll you'll find that only God sits on the north. Only God sits up on the mount of God. He says, I will be like the Most High God. And I'm telling you that today, we live in a day that's so evil. We live in a day when there's so much going on. I'm telling you, there are demon spirits that want to try to encroach and want to trespass in your life. And they want to come and they want to cause confusion. And that spirit of anxiety will try to sit on the throne of your heart. But you can say, no, no, no. Anxiety, you're not going to sit on my heart. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I cast this down in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ is sitting as King and Lord and Master of my life. No, Jesus said the cares of this world. And then he said the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches. Folks, the deceitfulness of riches is the manipulation of power. It's the false notion, it's the false idea that if we just had more money that we wouldn't have any problems. How many here could use some more money? Yeah, okay. Every one of us say, yeah, I could use some more money, but here's the deal. Money is a great servant, but it's a horrible master. In fact, the love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all kinds of evil. Now look at me. I want you to hear this. God, I don't think God, God wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to meet your every need. He wants you to have all and abound. And God doesn't care what you and I have as long as what we have doesn't have us. As long as what we have is not on the throne of our heart. There's nothing wrong with wanting a bigger house. There's nothing wrong with wanting a, a nicer car. There's nothing wrong with wanting... A better job there's nothing wrong with wanting to 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 make enough so you can be a blessing to others you know i hear some people they, they 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 will they'll start griping and complaining about about those preachers all they want is the money all they want to do is preach on prosperity all they want well folks you know just stop for a minute who came to kill still and destroy who wants you poor busted and disgusted his name is the devil it's not God. The devil came to kill, to steal, and destroy. And if you're going to help people, listen, if you're just going to have a soup line, somebody's got to buy the soup. Thank God. See, we've got to get a vision for more than just taking care of our needs. I mean, God wants our needs supplied, but He wants us with, a, with the ability to worship God with our tithes and offerings and to give offerings over and above the tithe and to help those less fortunate and to save for a rainy day and get ready for the future. God's looking for some people who will be like a Joseph and who will have a big perspective. Don't shout me down now, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God's got big plans. And folks, we're going to see a revival. God's getting ready to shake. God's getting ready to shake America. And we're going to see a revival like we have never seen before. But we got to be ready for it. And our hearts have got to be ready for it. And 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 here's what happens. If you get if you get deceived by the deceitfulness of riches the deceitfulness of riches is the idea that if you just had more money everything would be okay but dear ones money cannot buy a child a son a daughter who's alcohol free and drug free money can't buy peace of mind and peace of heart money can't buy a happy home money can't buy a good night's rest money can't buy a whole lot of things and it can't buy you heaven either Jesus paid the price for our sins. God wants you to be blessed, but don't don't let your blessings become your pursuit. Don't worship Jesus just for the loaves and fishes. Come on, don't, don't just follow Jesus because he turns water into wine. He does turn water into wine and he will supply all our needs and he parsed the Red Sea and when we will walk through the fire will not be burned and he's working on your behalf. Hallelujah. But Jesus is the king and the master and the Lord, the reigning, ruling monarch of the universe. He's the first, the last, the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Glory to God. Mm, 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 mm. Jesus said the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. It's easy to get a you can get so busy enjoying making money. You can get so busy enjoying possessions and and things that a desire for something else can creep into your heart. And there's this thing there's a demon spirit called lust and it's, it's the lust of the flesh But it's also, you know, you can lust after material things. You can lust after anything and everything. And that old spirit of lust will try to come and get in your heart. And it's so important that we confess every day, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Things are not my Lord. Money is not my Lord. Possessions are not my Lord. Jesus Christ is my King. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus Christ is my Savior. Jesus Christ is God become flesh. And He's living and He's dwelling inside me. Can you say hallelujah? Glory to God. Just confess this with me. Real loud. Come on. I want you to say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Here we go. Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay, that was pretty good, but I know you can take it up. Let's take it up now. Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, I want you to shout it. I want you you're shouting it because I want your ears to hear it. I want your heart to hear it I want you to affirm it with your own mouth and I want faith to come into your own life because you're saying this But I want the demon spirits of hell to hear it. I want the angels to hear it I want God in heaven to say you know what that sounds like praise to me Here we go one two three Jesus Christ is Lord hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. You say, well, Terrell, we don't have to shout. I mean, we could be a little more dignified. God's not deaf, but He's not nervous either. Come on. Guys, the the most important thing in the world is to get to know God personally. See, there's not a single one of us that knows what God looks like. But in a conversation that Jesus had with Philip. John chapter 14, verse 9. Jesus said, Philip, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. What is God the Father like? God the Father, Acts 10.38 says that Jesus went about doing good, so God is doing good. Jesus did not go around saying, here, I, I want you to have cancer and would you have a stroke and I want you guys to be depressed and I want you to have sickle cell and I, I I want you to have HIV and I want you to have tuberculosis. No, Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil for God was with him and that's what God is like. Amen? See, when I was pastoring in Illinois, I had a gentleman make an appointment to come see me one day and he introduced himself, and I recognized him because he was a prominent businessman in our community. And uh, I knew who he was. I didn't think he knew who I was. And he introduced himself, and he says, I'm so-and-so. He says, I don't attend your church. My wife doesn't, but my mother and father-in-law do. And I have been uh, diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor. The doctor said it's inoperable. There's nothing they could do. And uh, they actually say that I've only got three months left to live. And my in-laws last night at dinner pleaded with me to come to see you. I said, I'm so glad you came. Let me ask you a question. If you died tonight, would you wake up in heaven? He says, yes, I I would go to heaven. I said, why? He says, because I'm a good person. He says, I give to the United Way. I try to treat my employees good. And I took him to the Scripture. I showed him in Romans where the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. God demonstrated His love towards us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He says, well, I don't know if I believe that your Jesus is the Messiah. You see, I'm Jewish and I went to yeshiva school and I, uh, I don't know if I believe that. And I said, well... Let me tell you this, Jesus was first Jewish, and the gospel is first to the Jew, then to the Greek. And I said, Jesus is your Messiah. He is God become flesh. And I just started talking to him about the miracle working power of God. I started talking to him about the miracles I'd seen, and the healings, and the deliverances, and the power of God. And we must have talked for about an hour. And by the time we finished talking, he was... was, shaken a little bit and i said what's going on inside you? He says, i don't know he says i he says something's going on in here and i said i believe that's the conviction of the holy spirit and i showed him in john chapter 14 excuse me john chapter 16 where jesus said that the holy spirit will convict unbelievers convict the world of sin because they've not believed on me i said that's the holy spirit telling you that today you need to get your life right with god and it took, it took quite a bit of dialogue. But I want you to know, before that man left, he prayed to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, I, I, I'm just convinced that God wants to use us in ways that we haven't even thought about yet. And as part of that, I'm convinced that God wants you to live a successful life. Christian life. And what do I mean by that? You know, some people, they come to Christ and they're they're high and then they're low. They're hot and then they're cold. You know, if the wind's not blowing in the way they want it to blow, you know, th- they just kind of check out. God doesn't want you to be a yo-yo Christian. God wants you to be hot all the time. He doesn't want you to be Lukewarm. And so, if that's going to happen, again, there are three things you need to know. Number one, you've got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Number two, you've got to know what you have in Christ. And number three, you've got to know that you're saved to be a difference maker. You say, What kind of difference? Well, look at Luke chapter 10 with me. One day, a young lawyer was asking Jesus a question. This is Luke chapter 10, verse 25. The young lawyer asked this question. He says, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied and says, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength and with all your mind. And you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. And the man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied with a story. He said, a Jewish man was traveling. Now, for those of you that are interested, Jesus has just established who's going to be the hero of the story in this man's eye. This Jewish man, he's talking to a Jewish man. He says a Jewish man now was traveling. So this guy is going to be the hero in this man's eyes. He was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. And they stripped him of his clothes and they beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. And by chance a priest came along. The most religious person in the Jewish community was the priest. So this religious guy comes along, this pastor comes along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. And then a temple assistant walked over. In our nomenclature, we'd say a Levite or a deacon. A deacon walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. And then he says, then a despised Samaritan. Now, Everybody look at me. The Samaritans were despised because they were racial half-breeds. The Jews hated them because they were half Assyrian and half Jewish. And the Jews taught that they were racially inferior. The Jews would not give a job to a Samaritan. You talk about discrimination. The Jews would not employ a Samaritan. They wouldn't go out of their way to assist them or help them. And Jesus said he was a despised Samaritan came along And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, And and where he took care of him. And the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Everybody say mercy. mercy. The one who showed him mercy. Some, some translations say compassion. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Folks, our world is filled with killing and destructive forces of evil. You say, why are people doing this? Because there's a world of people that are walking in darkness who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and the God of this world has blinded them and they're walking in darkness. All they've ever done is done evil because that's all they've ever seen done. That's all they know to do. And it, and folks, you can't disagree dispel the darkness of this world you can't dispel sin by coming up with a 12-step program and saying here sin here darkness don't be dark we're going to turn you into light It don't work that way It doesn't work unless you come to the cross, unless you experience the cleansing of the blood of Jesus, unless you have your sins washed away, unless you have the Holy Ghost to come and and get inside you, unless your mind starts to get renewed with God's Word. And the Bible says that God takes us out of darkness and translates us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Folks, we live in a world that's filled with poverty. It's filled with racism and hatred and bigotry and there are political devils. I've never seen an election, a presidential election that has gotten as ugly and as base. There's so much mudslinging. And folks, there's Confusion at every level. Folks, they're democratic demons and they're republican demons. They're independent demons. The devil is no respecter of parties. He'll infiltrate anywhere people practice sin and give him an opening. See, sin is what empowers the devil. He doesn't really have any authority or any power. Jesus already stripped him of his authority and took captivity captive when he rose from the dead. And the devil rules today by trickery and manipulation and bewitching people. And sin is what empowers The devil, that's the reason you don't want to be a Christian that goes out and willfully practices sin because you're empowering demons to take you down. Yesterday I was thinking about some of what's happening with the Democrats and the Republicans and I thought of James 3. I don't have this on the screens for you, but James 3 verse 14 says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, there's confusion in every evil thing. Have you ever seen a time in America where there's more confusion? But here's the good news. But the wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Open up your hearts and ears to me. I want to bring this thing home that Jewish fella who was left bleeding and dying on the Jericho Road, chances are he was not a very good fellow. I don't know if he was a liberal socialist or a hard-shell conservative, but chances are he wasn't a very good guy and that's maybe the reason that the priest and the Levite just passed him on by. They said, I don't want anything to do with him. But that lowly Samaritan, he saw that man and he poured in the oil and the wine. He paid his bills. He said, if he costs you any more, Mr. Innkeeper, I'm going to pay you some more. You just take good care of him. I'm so glad that Jesus came along and found me bleeding and dying on the Jericho road. And he poured in the oil and the wine. I'm so glad that Jesus... See, I deserve death and hell. I deserve eternity separated from God. I do not deserve to be in the ministry. I don't deserve to be on my way to heaven. I don't deserve the Holy Spirit. I don't deserve the Word of God. I don't deserve any of it. I deserve death and hell and eternity separated from God. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believeth in Him should not perish but should have everlasting life glory to God hallelujah how are we to be difference makers we're living in a world that's full of people that need compassion they need mercy they're looking for somebody that will offer them hope and be loved with skin on our God is a God of mercies, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, 2 Corinthians one three, And folks, we've got to be moved with compassion for people because you and I are the only Bible they're going to probably ever read until they come to Christ. And we don't want anybody to go to hell. We don't want anybody to burn in a lake of fire. For eternity, did you know the Bible says that people that go to hell, people that burn in the lake of fire, only do two things for all eternity? The Bible says it's a place of weeping. Now, 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 stay with me. Think about this. We go through seasons of sadness sometimes on earth. We lose loved ones. We go through difficult times, and we know what it is to weep and to feel bad. But the Bible says it's a place of weeping for eternity. Folks, we, 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 the Bible says weeping on this earth endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It gets better the next day. But people that are in hell, people are in the lake of fire are going to weep forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Not only are they going to weep, but the Bible says they're going to gnash their teeth forever they're going to gnash their teeth and bite their gums and bite their lips forever, forever, forever and ever and ever. See, if I possess something that is of great wealth that can help other people and I see people in need, but I don't help them. What's wrong with me? God hasn't touched my heart, has he? But he's called me to be a, a difference maker. The only place people can find hope today, I think, is in the body of Christ and in the church. Amen. Folks, the government does not have hope for us. Jesus is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. You say, terrible, but yeah. It, it, it. You're telling us we need to make a difference. You're telling us we need to offer other people hope. But life gets so hard. We're challenged every time we turn around. Let me tell you why life is hard. It's because you and I have an enemy. And he's a hater. His name is Satan. And he wants to make life hard. He wants to make it difficult. And that's the reason you got to discover who you are in Christ Jesus. Because when you discover who you are in Christ Jesus, you'll start getting the understanding that you've got the authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. In fact, we prepared something for you. We've got a little two-page teaching sheet. It's called... Uh, our position in Jesus Christ—it's just—it's ninety-one scriptural affirmations that I'd encourage you to pick it up, and I encourage you to to use this in your prayer time. I talked to a pastor not too long ago, and I asked him. I said, "How's your how's your time going with the Lord every day?" And he said, "Well, I read the Bible, but he says I get tired of praying because I get tired of just asking God for the same things." And I said, "Is that the only kind of praying you do—the prayer petition?" He said, "Yep. I usually just." tell god what i need well folks there's a whole lot more to prayer than just petitioning god man you can spend time just loving him our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name hallowed be thy kingdom come thy will be done man you can spill i I tell you what sometimes i feel my prayer life going downhill i'll just grab uh, some scriptural affirmations and i'll start reading I'll start reading exactly what it says. In Jesus I have life, and that life is the light of all men I have inside me. The life that is the light of all men. Hallelujah. I have eternal life inside me. I have abundant life inside me. I have the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus inside me. I'm partaking of the, the, the tree of life, and not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Anyway, you can pick yourself up a copy at the Connection Center after church. Amen? Hallelujah. You say, well, how, how, how else can I find out who I am in Christ and what I've got? I, I'd encourage you to go to the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels. The book of Acts is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Exciting, exciting read. If you haven't read the book of Acts, you need to do it. But if you'll start reading the epistles, that's the, the epistles are not the wives of the apostles. The epistles are the letters that were written to the New Testament churches. And you start at Romans. you start reading the book of Romans and the book of 1st and 2nd Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and uh, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians and 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus and Philemon and Hebrews and James and 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd and 3rd John. These are all letters, epistles. And if you will take a highlighter, and if you will highlight in your Bible, when you see the phrases in Him, or in Christ, in whom, and in Him, that's talking about you. There's a message in there for you. If you'll start underlining that, the Holy Spirit, and if you'll start underlining it, and then if you'll start confessing it and affirming that in the first person, It'll start building faith down in your heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, see, there it is, in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Folks, You need to understand that the moment you place your faith in Jesus Christ, the moment you ask God to forgive you of your sin, the moment you confess Jesus Christ as my Lord, you literally become a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. You don't don't change the way you look. You look the same on the outside, but you're a three-part being. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23 says, Now may the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body. You've got a body... And that's what you see in the mirror. But you've also got a soul, which is comprised of your mind, will, and emotions. And then you've got a spirit. And your spirit on the inside of you, that's where Jesus lives. That's the part of you where there's change that takes place when you're born again. That's the part of you that goes to heaven one day. That's the eternal part of you. This is where the Holy Ghost lives. Amen? Glory to God. You're not just a poor, beggarly, barely-getting-along Christian. You are more than a conqueror because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. Let me share with you three things. Three ways that God's at work in you. Number one, you got the, if you're a believer in Christ, you've got the life of God and the Holy Spirit working inside you. John 14, verses 16 through 17, the Amplified Classic Edition says, I will ask the Father and He'll give you another comforter. He'll give you another paraclete. He will give you someone just like me, Jesus says. I'm going to give you somebody just like me who would do in my stead what I would do if I was there with you. But you see, when Jesus is on earth, He can only be at one place at one time. He wasn't omnipresent when he was during his three and a half years on earth. But he says the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit going to be omnipresent. And he's going to be in you. And he's going to be in me. And he's going to be with people in the Caribbean today. And he's going to be with people that are having flood problems on the East Coast. And he's going to be with people all around the world at the very same time. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you another comforter and he's going to be a counselor. Do you ever need counsel? Ever get confused? He'll be your counselor. And He lives inside you. He'll be your helper. He'll be your intercessor. He'll be your advocate. He will strengthen you. He will stand by. He's going to stand by to help you in time of need if you'll turn to Him. And He'll remain with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Welcome. Take to its heart because it does not see Him or know or recognize Him. But you know and recognize Him for He lives with you and will be in you. Hallelujah. Number two. When you come to Christ, you've got the nature of God working inside you. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 tells us what the nature of God is like. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such there is no law. Folks, when I was a young Christian, I used to pray all the time, God, give me the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, I want the fruit of the Spirit. And one day somebody heard me praying and they said, Terrell, you, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit's inside you. You've already got the fruit of the Spirit inside you. You just got to start cooperating with the Holy Ghost. Amen? And my wife is really happy when I cooperate with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you're not trying to get the fruit of the Spirit. You got the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? We just need to say, God, I thank you that I'm filled with the fruit of the Spirit. I thank you, God, that you're at work in my life. I thank you, God, for what you're doing. 1 John chapter 2 verse 20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Where do you have this anointing? Do you have this anointing in your brain? Do you have it in your emotions? No, it's in your, in your spirit. first corinthians 2 16 says but we have the mind of christ where do you have the mind of christ is it in your brain is it in your emotions no it's in your spirit man jesus said out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water your spirit is down here in your belly some of us have got bigger spirits than others amen (laughs) not really we got bigger bellies than others But your spirit, man, is down in here. You know what that means? Are you ready? I'm going to tell you what it means. It means that one-third of you is wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. I'll try it over here. One-third of you is wall-to-wall Holy Spirit. And here's what happens. We go through life and we're perplexed and we're down and we don't know what to do about this and don't know what to do about that. And all the time it's because we're ignoring the spirit of truth who's down inside us. We're ignoring the comforter who's down inside us. I'm going to tell you the spirit of God will speak to you if you'll spend some time in the word of God and in prayer and just waiting in his presence glory to God number three you've got the ability of God you've got the anointing to draw on working inside you and you say but but, Terrell I don't feel spiritual all the time you don't know what kind of thoughts I just had you don't know what's been going on I don't care how unspiritual you feel your feelings don't have a whole lot to do with it Jesus said in my name believers are going to lay hands on the sick and they will recover Jesus said the believers are going to cast out devils
0: Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.